This is the 451st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm T. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter from the AJC. In today's podcast, we're going to discuss the hiring of new coach Raheem Morris. And we're going to discuss Super Bowl 58 as we're out here in Las Vegas getting ready for the big game. While back home in Atlanta, Raheem Morris was introduced as the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He's the 19th head coach, and they introduced him 11 days after he accepted the head job. If you're listening to this for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet... You can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we're going to start with General Manager Terry Fontenot on the hiring of Raheem Morris. It was very thorough. It was very detailed. We really appreciate everyone that was involved in it. Through that search, it was uh, very clear that there was one person that really stuck out, and that's Raheem Morris. And it, it was his infectious energy, his natural leadership, his his charisma, his his football instincts and intelligence, but also his collaborative mindset and the way he puts people around him and, and listens and empowers people. Um, his clear vision for what we're going to do here, and he's been to two Super Bowls. He's been to three Super Bowls. He's got two rings, and we're going to get him another one. That, that's our charge. But it's been very fun working with Raheem these last 10 days. And I don't know when he sleeps because he's on the West Coast and I'm on the East Coast, and he usually wakes me up in the morning about 5 I'm getting texts from him. He wants to, he's a FaceTime guy. He likes to FaceTime. So I know his family will already. I've met all Nicole and the kids because we're always FaceTiming. But it's been excellent as we've gone through and putting together the staff. The next step will be to work through our roster and really get into that, get into formulating our offseason plan, how we're going to attack free agency, how we're going to attack the draft. And we're going to make sure we put together a team and that is competing for championships and that is having sustained winning. That's what our owner, Arthur Blank, our organization, and most importantly, our fans deserve. All right, this press conference was a little bit different. I followed along from the media press room out here on YouTube, and we had Greg Beatles at the main table, the president, general manager, Terry Fontenot on the right, and then Raheem Morris, the new coach in the middle. Here's what Raheem Morris had to say about what he learned from his time in Tampa Bay as a head football coach. It's the, uh, the overall maturity of the profession. 
is really what you got to lean on. The, the, the overall growth. Since Tampa, I've dedicated really my professional development to helping whoever I work for at the time. Right? I was fortunate enough to go to Washington and really work with Mike Shanahan and be around it and see a guy that's won Super Bowls as a head coach, um, be with him and just really develop and him allow me to be behind the curtain, so to speak, moving forward to here with Dan Quinn and going through the process of what we were able to do and doing a lot of winning football games and being able to be a major part of helping and contributing to those factors. Having the ability to go out to L.A., get the job finished, being behind the curtains there as well and being with that crew, Mike, it's been one of the things that you just can't ever forget about, one of the things that you can never look over and glaze over is uh, the accomplishments that you have in your career. But now coming back and being a part of the collaboration that I the shared vision, the, all the things you want to do with Terry and what he's starting to build and so exciting to come back and going through this process and really going through it in a detailed fashion, I think it's the things that will help us move forward. All right, coming out of that meeting, you we had several stories, suggested reading from me. Go read the Michael Cunningham column on why the uh, Falcons hired a coach with a losing record. Uh, that kind of lays out what happened in Tampa and why he feels that he's learned during his time as an assistant coach to not let that happen again. He was 32 at the time. So suggested reading Michael Cunningham's column on Raheem Morris and the Falcons hiring a coach with a losing record. It's the reason why the coaches and the quarterbacks get those records. Now, also, here's Terry Fontenot, who led the search and uh, had a lot of help, but he led this search for the new coach. And here is Terry Fontenot on how much involvement he had in picking Raheem Morris. I appreciate the trust and, and author allowing me to lead that process. And there were a lot of people that were obviously heavily involved in, in that process, from Greg Beatles, Rich McKay, our assistant GM, Kyle Smith, Ryan Pace. A lot of people put a lot of work into that process, and we know the ultimate decision is on author blank. But... I've learned a lot from the way author leads because he's making the final decisions, but he's very collaborative and he wants to hear, he wants everyone to be involved and wants to hear what everyone has to say. So um, I was empowered to lead that process. We know author made the ultimate decision, but it was, it was an excellent process and we're excited about the result. All right, there you have it. Uh, you know, folks didn't, uh, you know, there was a lot made about Rich McKay's role and Bill Belichick and how much power he wanted or didn't want. We're all beyond that now. And let's just move on to, um, well, I was a little disappointed that nobody asked about the defensive coordinator, Mr. Lake, and what happened to him at the University of Washington. I'll do that myself when we get back. You know, he got fired for hitting a player and then shoving him in the back. So um, he got, it might not have been a problem to the Falcon fans. They wanted to say, hey, he's a, a feisty guy, and that's just what we need. Well, it was a problem for the University of Washington because they fired him and paid him $19.9 million to walk out the door. So that was a big problem for them that they didn't have any problems with paying $9.9 million about. So at least you should ask about it. Hey, um, you know, what did he learn from this episode at the University of Washington, you know, the video's out there for you to go see. But um, let's go on to what Raheem had to say about his offensive coordinator, Zach Robinson, who's never caught a play in the NFL. I explained to these guys when we talked about our staff and we talked about this collaborative effort of going to look for people and being, like, being detailed and the people that we wanted to bring in. 
And Robinson, from my head and my experience, made a lot of sense. I was around the young Kyle Shanahan, and I saw him really develop and grow into this great play caller that we know that's planned next week, right? I was around Sean McVay when he was young, really young, right? He was with my family really young. And I watched him grow and develop into this great player that we know, play caller that we know. And when I talked about it, you start to name the names, the Mike McDaniels, you start to name the names, the Matt LaFleur, and all the people that you're able to work with, right? This organization was the first organization to allow me to coach on both sides of the ball, right? Whether it was switching in the middle of the season, whether it was switching during the season, whatever the case was. And I saw it, I worked with people, I was with Dirk Cutter, I was with all these guys, Steve Sarkeesian, all these people in the playoffs, and I see Zach Robinson, and I see him in the same light. Right? I see him growing, I see him developing, I see him bringing his timing and rhythm and this balance to our offense that we can have and go out here and play. And whatever it looks like, it's going to be fast. It's going to be with those, based on those pillars that we talked about earlier. And those are the things that really just lit me up and made me ecstatic to have an opportunity to bring a guy like Zach Robinson to part of this. Well, there you go. He, uh, you know, he spent some time with Sean McVay. Hopefully he was paying attention. While he was working under Sean McVay, he learned how to call an NFL game. But uh, the Falcons are going to be, um, you know, trial and error with an uh, offensive coordinator. So that's where Morris does come in at. He spent both times on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So he can interject, I'm sure, if he needs to help out Zach Robinson. Offensive line coach Dwayne Ledford will help him in the run game. So he'll have some help as he tries to call plays in the NFL for the first time. Here is Raheem Morris on being a part of the Falcons Super Bowl loss in 51 and how great it would be to bring one to the city of Atlanta for the first time. I'll tell you this. It is a part of coming home, right? That 2016 loss, it stings as, as, as bad as anyone I've ever had. Actually, the worst I've ever had on a stinging momentum, right? And to be able to come back here and get some, some real cool redemption, right? I want to watch Arthur Blank, work done, some of these guys hold up that trophy. That moment for us and our fans, and, and it's just not that moment. It's, it's, I, we were a part of it. We were, all of us. We added some pieces. We got different players. We got new leadership. We got different things in place that's going to help us rewrite that history. And I'm going to be right in it with the fans. And they're going to be right in it with us, right? That support that I'm going to show those guys and the support that they're going to show us, we will change that narrative because we can. Well, we're out here in Las Vegas, and I asked uh, Kyle Shanahan about that Super Bowl loss, too, and where that uh, sits on his uh, radar screen. He's been to two and lost both of them with uh, blue, blue leads in both. So, you know, play calling the issue going into Sunday. And, and we'll address that in our Sunday story also. But he, uh, you know, he did have some fine words for Coach Raheem Morris, who was his wide receiver coach that year. Here is Raheem Morris on if he feels pressure from Arthur Blank to win now. If you can give me an opportunity to let me know which owner doesn't give you pressure to win now, I'd like to field that question back to you. But like, I don't hang on many NFL this is This is what we do. And, uh, you got your skelly on, you're really intimidating. But this job, this job has comes with pressure. And it comes with pressure that we're all built for. And like, uh, you got to embrace that. You got to embrace those moments. You got to want those moments. We got to live for those moments. And I don't know about Terry, but like, I, I can't wait to 
go out here and try to win with this man. Yeah, that was a good answer. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to be pressure in that job, and so they know it going in. So he's okay with that. Here's some more Raheem Morris on Zach Robinson's ability to develop a quarterback. His ability to connect with the quarterback, his ability to relate to the quarterback and what they do and how they do it and how they go about their process. You know, how do they get to the point to be ready to play at the highest level that you need to play in this league? I thought stood out to me working with him. Uh, watching the work that he did with the quarterbacks that's come through when I was in the L.A. Rams has been absolutely outstanding. Watching his development with golf and then watching it come with Matthew Stafford. We go through a year where you do it with a couple different guys in the backup situation. We had, we had, we had Baker Mayfield midway. He gets it going, wins some games where we probably even shouldn't have won because of the ability for those guys to be able to connect. Getting to this season, we get it going again. We really rally around our quarterback. We find a way to win. The, the whole team has belief. And that belief just doesn't start with just the player. It's the coaches around them. It's the people around them. It's the things you do to make it really special. And he has an amazing ability to connect with guys and get guys and get the best out of them, no matter what happens in the most positive way, which Greg just mentioned and alluded to, but I am fired up to watch him as a teacher. I'm fired up to watch him as a mentor, as a confidant. Um, all of those criteria, those criteria that we talk about when we talk about really good coaches. And the young man just has really high capacity. It really does. And I'm fired up to get, for it to get him here and get us going. Yeah, another suggested reading from our intern, Lawrence Price III. He wrote about how they plan to collaborate on solving their quarterback issue. And I stopped counting after they mentioned collaboration, collaborative, you know, uh, any derivative thereof at 14. I got I got distracted by the YouTube ads. But um, clearly, collaboration is the new theme of the day for the Falcons. And someone pointed out to me in uh, online that, hey, that's the new everybody gets a trophy thing. So if something goes wrong, you, you don't know who to blame. It's just uh, the collaboration. So that's the front office's answer to, yeah, everybody gets a trophy if it goes right. But if it goes wrong, nobody gets to get blamed for it. So collaboration. Read James. Uh, read Lawrence Price third our intern story on the Falcons plan to collaborate. And help solve their quarterback issues. And here is uh, Raheem Morris on how many conversations they have had uh, with himself and Terry about the quarterback position. You know what's cool about that is uh, we've had very limited conversations about it right now. And the reason being we got to formulate a great staff. We've collaborated more on building this staff, and we, we're almost done. Right? We've got a lot of people in place, and we want to get people there and we've had some conversations in brief passing, and we have some ways that we know we can go about getting it. Obviously, free agency, obviously trade, obviously the draft. Um, and those communications of me just landing the other day are going to continue to happen. I'm so tired of looking at this man on Zoom that I'm so happy to be here so we can do these things. And he's a lot better looking in person than he's on Zoom. <laughs> and, and I'm so excited to be here with him and his family and to move forward and to grow our family. Um, along with everybody, that is, it's going to be a real crew process of going out there finding out what we can do and how we can do it. All right, we're back. He even mentioned that, hey, that's the elephant in the back of the room. So it didn't sound good for Desmond Ritter and, uh, you know, Taylor Heineke. They're going to probably call them in here pretty quick. And, uh, uh, you know, before we get to the combine and, and let them know, hey, you know, we're moving in this direction or, hey, we're going to stick with you. We might can save you. Uh, we don't know what we're going to do yet. But, uh, you know, for now you're here or for now you're gone, you know, what, whatever they're going to do, they got to get in there and evaluate the roster as it stands pretty quickly 
so they know which way they want to move in free agency first and then the draft. So with that, let's take a break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, we're back here from break. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Bowtie Chronicles podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Let's hear from former Falcons quarterback and CBS announcer Matt Ryan. He'll be doing uh, the game. Be doing several things on uh, all the different platforms for CBS. Here's our conversation with Matt Ryan. Want to uh, talk about your work this season? You got a whole season under your belt, <laughs> broadcasting. So you're not a rookie. You can't call you a rookie no more. I uh, know. I guess. I guess I don't get the four games like they talk about with uh, the old school days with the rookie players, where it was you know your rookie year in the first four games. But it was fun, man. I, I really. I enjoyed doing it. I, I was lucky. I was surrounded by a really good team, you know, and, and um, Andrew Catalan, who was our play-by-play, I mean, is such, such a veteran guy who's been doing it for a long time and, and helped me so much. And then, you know, being able to do it with Tiki Barber, who's done some stuff in college and done some radio and just, you know, has a pretty good background uh, in, in kind of the broadcast spectrum. For me, it was super helpful to be doing it with those guys. I was I was really thankful. And then, you know, we had AJ AJ Ross, Howard alum. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, who who was down on the sidelines for us, and you know, it was great to work with her too. In, in terms of doing like the interviews and stuff like that, um, you know, interviewing players just to just to kind of see how they come at it, the angles that they come at it from, and what they're thinking about during the week, and. You know, uh, I, I really learned a lot from all of them, and and then I just, I, I honestly, I had fun doing it. I, I I kind of enjoyed, you know, watching the film during the week, watching what teams are doing because it had been such a huge part of my life for so long, you know. And so, um, I, I really enjoyed that part of it. It was a different challenge for sure, but uh, but I had fun, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I saw your. Um workload for this coming week you're gonna be all over the place on it a lot of different platforms and so forth i know that's got to be um gratifying to be so busy and doing it on so many different platforms yeah this i'll be busier in this super bowl than i was in the one i was playing in man so <laughs> it's it's uh it's it's gonna be fun it's you know doing some different work you know which which will be cool and um you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and uh, you know, I'll be looking forward to doing it, and looking forward to getting home too. You know, mm-hmm. all, all of the above. So uh, it, it's going to be a fun week. Mm-hmm. And um, have you uh, started your breakdowns and so forth? Um, yeah, I had to turn yeah. in the budget yesterday, so I had to start looking at stuff. But uh, yeah, how do you, how I've are you seeing watching, this one? I've been watching. Um, you know, starting to get prepped for it. Um, you know, kind of did a deep dive into the two quarterbacks, 
for something we're going to do early in the week. And, <laughs> and, you know, obviously there's there's not much to do to report on Mahomes. He's just <laughs> he, he's as good as there is, right? And, and what I think he's done, you know, with this group and this team this year has been impressive. Uh, and then Purdy. You know, I think Purdy's the interesting story, right? Is, right. Is, you know, so, so much has been made about, you know, him and his ability and, and all of those, you know, just all of the chatter that's been around it. And, you know, you, you really, you need to do things in big games, right, to, mm-hmm. to change that, that narrative. And I, I really thought he did that in the second half of the football game last week. I mean, his ability to extend plays, to make plays, throwing the football, running the football. You know, you look at the last third down of the game, um, you know, the, with four minutes left, whatever it was, uh, and he takes off, you know, because man-to-man coverage and everything's gloved, right? And everything's covered, and he takes off and and goes, you know, goes for it. Uh, and then two plays later, they're in the end zone. So I just thought, I thought it was really a, you know, it was, it was it was him kind of stepping out of that comfort zone and showing what he can be, making plays when things aren't there and, and doing what you have to do to win football games. I was impressed by him. I think his level of calmness uh, and, and just, you know, the, the no-blink attitude that he has is impressive. And um, I, I think it's going to be a good one, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I really do. I look at this. I look at, at – at, Kansas City's defense, how much man-to-man coverage they play, how good they've been all year. But but really, San Francisco, you know, with the weapons they have on offense and the number of different guys they can do it with, uh, to me, it presents a problem. I think like any game, though, it comes down to up front, you know. Mm-hmm. As much as we can say the game has changed and it's turned into this wide-open league and, and all of that, it really comes down to winning the line of scrimmage. And, and I think, you know, you look at, at what – at what Kansas City can do up front, you know, with a guy like Chris Jones, and then obviously the depth of, of pass rushers that, you know, San Francisco has now with the addition of Chase Young. I, I really, it's going to be, it's going to come down to the offensive lines and how well they can protect and how well they can play. I know you got to be objective in calling it and, and everything, but are you uh, in the back of your heart there hoping Cal gets him one after what y'all went through and what he went through the second time? Yeah, I, I mean, I would be obviously really happy for him, um, you know, for, on a personal level of just, I know how great of a coach he is and, and how much it means to him and how hard he works at it. You know, I, I think that's, like, it's, it's one of the things, you know, when, when you see people do it on the day-to-day and how much it means to them and how hard they're working and, and how much they put into it, I think it gives you a different level of appreciation, you know, for it. And so... Yeah, no, I, I would, I would really, you know, be happy for him. I, I think he deserves it. He's one of the best coaches in the league. Um, the problem is he's going against one of the best, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a guy that just he knows how to get the teams to to win games in the playoffs. Andy Reid's been unbelievable. And uh, I know you're going to talk to to Ken later, but just quick thoughts on Raheem getting the job here in Atlanta, and then Coach Dan getting the Washington job. Well, I'm, I'm excited for both of them. You know, I'll start with, with Raheem here. I, you know, I've seen him in in all different capacities as a coach, right? Like on the defensive side of the ball, on the offensive side of the ball, a defensive coordinator, uh, then interim head coach. And, 
he's comfortable in all of those roles. And, and, and I saw it. his ability to connect with players is as good as there is. You know, I, I think, I think he'll do a great job with that in the locker room. I think, you know, leaving for a couple of years and, and going out to LA, uh, I think it gives him an ability to hire a staff uh, and to be surrounded by guys that, that were in a different you know place and, and to see some different things and, and get different exposure, which I think is, is almost as important as the head coach, right? It's the staff that, that you're able to assemble. And I know he's fired up uh, about the coordinators and, and the guys that, that he's pulling together. I think he's a great fit for Atlanta because I, I think he understands the building. He knows how it works. It's not going to be new for him coming in. Uh, he's got good relationships with everyone there. Uh, so I'm excited to to see you know how they can do and excited for him personally, and then DQ. I mean, I'm fired up for Ben, you know, and, and I think his experience as a head coach and, and what he did here in Atlanta. You know, I always loved playing for him, uh, and then going against him, playing against him. You know, uh, in, in Dallas when I was with Indy, going down there and seeing what he's done with that defense and how they've played. Uh, I, I'm excited he's gotten another opportunity because I think he certainly deserves it. And, uh, you know, he's got it's an interesting place, too, because it's new ownership. There's a lot of of culture building that, uh, you know, he's excellent at that, that I think he'll do a great job of. And, um, you know, I'm rooting for him. And uh, lastly, because uh, I'm the Hall of Fame rep, I need uh, I was going to check in with you. And I know you wanted to try to leave the door open to play this year. Where, where are you at with that? And. Um, <laughs> Got to get that five-year uh, clock starter here at some point. <laughs> I, uh, you know, we'll see where it's at at the end of the league year. But I'm, I will say this: I'm pretty comfortable with what I'm doing right now. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Well, there you go. There you have it, Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, who's going to be working for CBS, and uh, we appreciate him spending some time with us to help us get ready here for the Super Bowl. Now on Monday night, you know it's uh that opening night thing is uh that's worse than the old media day. The old media day used to be at the stadium; all the players were available. You just walked around, uh, you know, media. Uh, the opening night thing's just a circus. It's bands playing, for, uh, you know, folks asking stupid questions. Just uh, um, you know, you just try to do the best as you can. So I'm rolling by. I talk to Bobby Turner and. Steve Wilkes and somebody says, "Lot better, lot better." I turn around, it's uh, Isaiah Oliver. So I was like, "Hey!" And so we started uh, catching up, and I said, like, "Hey, do you mind doing a video?" Sure. Isaiah was one of the great guys in the locker room in his five years with the Falcons, and so we uh, we struck up a conversation here. Wanted to know about the Super Bowl, and I wanted to know about his exit from the Atlanta Falcons. Here's what Isaiah Oliver had to say about the Super Bowl and his departure from Atlanta. We're excited. We're pumped up. Um, Super Bowl 58, ready to try to go get a win. What would be some of the key uh, keys for the defense? I was talking yeah. to Coach Wilkes earlier and uh, Coach Johnny Howell, and I actually covered him yeah. back in the day. Okay. Right. But, uh, yeah, what would be some of the keys for you all? Yeah, I mean, obviously, first starts off stopping the run. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing right now for us. Um, getting back to good run defense, um, and then obviously trying to get after Mahomes the best you can. Really, um, obviously they got a lot of weapons on that offense. Really, really good quarterback. So, um, so start with stopping the run, and then kind of going from there. After, um, what was the, uh, your exit with the Falcons like, and, and so forth? Yeah, no, really good. Um, obviously, you know I had a, a great time in Atlanta. Uh, really grew as a player. I felt like throughout my, throughout my time there, 
Um, so I was able to thank Coach Smith, um, thank Terry um, for my time there and give me the opportunity really coming off the injury um, and, and signing me back that for that fifth year was really big for me. So I really appreciate them for that, forever grateful for that. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Coach Rob back there um, and excited for him and, and their journey. Uh, and he, uh, what did Coach Rod do for your game when he was there and moved the defensive coordinator? Yeah, big, um, huge in that 2020 season. You know, having him on defensive side, um, I feel like that's really when, when I was able to start playing better um, and really took my game to the next level when he came over. Um, so, for obviously, forever grateful for him as well. And, um, you know, Sunday, what, I, I think I asked you about the keys, but just what is it like here? Uh, being at the Super Bowl. Man, exciting. Um, obviously, it's a lot going on uh, every day. You know, that's kind of comes with the Super Bowl. But, I mean, the whole team's excited. I'm excited. Uh, that's what we worked all season for. Uh, we knew we would be back here. Uh, so, we're excited to get going. All right. We, we wish Isaiah well in the Super Bowl from Phoenix. Some of my family folks out there know his family, his dad. Uh, and my cousin Tracy went to high school together. But, hey. That's not uh, that that important here, but a good kid, and you wish him well. Uh, look, I think he lost his nickelback spot there. Uh, he may have been hurt, but he's been playing just on special teams in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, we'll look out for him in the game on Sunday. So before we get out of here, just a couple quick notes on the game. 49ers, as we stand right now, just looked it up on a – I'm staying at uh, MGM Hotel, so it's uh, we looked up uh, the MGM Sportsbook numbers, and they have the 49ers favorite by two. Uh, we had several videos online from the availability here early in the week. Uh, if you got to pick one, pick the Chris Jones one. He's the baddest dude in the NFL, plays tackle. Uh, we talked about him for um, – asked him a couple questions about, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan attacking his – his uh, offense and how um, you know Kyle likes to have make those big guys run from side to side, and Chris said, "Yeah, that's an issue. <laughs> that's a problem." Uh, we talked with Andy Reid, and yeah, Coach still likes his cheeseburgers. Uh, he was a tight ends coach in the '90s at uh, Green Bay uh, when I covered the team, and he uh, shared with us that his preference is soft tacos. But you know, if he's pressed and really hungry, which you know a lot of the times. Yeah, he will do a hard taco. So there you go, um, Andy Reid's food. You know, he's going to talk about food at the Super Bowl. I think he likes doing that. It's a distraction for him, but he likes it. Uh, big interview today, and uh, we're going to um, – I had Charles Davis, uh, CBS analyst, go over my breakdowns of my matchups that I picked out for the game, and they were uh, – got them right here. Uh, Warner against Pacheco. And he said, really, it's Eric Armstead against Pacheco because if he gets back to Warner and Greenlaw, the linebackers, that's four yards in the second and six. So he needs a tackle to win that one. And then uh, Chase Young and Donovan Smith, he's like, yeah, Chase Young ain't really been doing it. So really, it's Bosa and moving around. But you got to attack the uh, Chiefs' edges because even if Tooney can't play, the middle's sturdy. So if it's not Chase Young, it's more Bosa. I, I made Young a key matchup because they need him to do something. They traded for him. Trying, maybe, you know, the other answer is, hey, he might not be that good. You know, they uh, that might be because uh, I'm sure they're trying to get something out of him. And then um, my other one was Brandon Ayuk and LeJarrius Sneed. 
He said they may, he thinks they may travel, may not, but if he shows up in the slot, he'll definitely have Snead. And hey, do you get a couple penalties off of Snead? Uh, so those are my matchups, and Charles helped us out breaking those down. That'll be in our game day package. And then I asked him, hey, Charles, um, what's your favorite matchup? What's your most intriguing matchup? And, of course, the old D-back from Tennessee went straight to the safeties. Uh, Brown and Reed. He said Reed, uh, you know, got his first career sack First career sack last week in the playoffs. He's in the box. He has to play back uh, Psalm 2, and he's got to do George Kittle. So he's a busy man. It's going to be interesting to see how Spagnola moves him around. That's going to be a key. And then he's expecting Brown, Jairi and Brown to come back. And then we also talked to Matt Ryan for our Brock Purdy story. He's a big Brock Purdy guy. And uh, James Brown from CBS also said he's not a game manager. He's a game executive. So I thought that was cool. And um, I'm trying to work that into our story on Shanahan and Brock Purdy and how that uh, tandem is working and how that bond has grown over the last two years for the 49ers. So with that, we are off and underway with the Raheem Morris era in Atlanta. Next up will be the Combine. We should have some moves by then or usually in the past. Uh, that's where they, um, uh, you know, that's where Lawyer Malloy was cut at. Uh, sometimes they want to, you know, share with us some of the moves as they're moving forward. That kind of helps us as we head into free agency, uh, right coming out of the combine. And then, you know, once free agency is going and they got 20, 20 plus million for that. And uh, uh, we'll have those numbers for you here in the coming weeks. And then there's ways they can cut some numbers down and get it, get some more money to go after some more players. Uh, the two biggest free agents are Bud Dupree and Calais Campbell, and they only they only cost ten million last year, uh, seven and three. So that would take away half of your money if you got those two gentlemen back. Uh, you know, at the same price, but sure, they're going to be looking for raises because they did a little bit better. Uh, we're going to try to see Calais tomorrow at the NFL PA uh, meeting during the day. And uh, that's right around my class time. We got trying to line up a speaker for us at uh, 1230 Pacific time. We'll work on that this evening. So with that, we're going to get on out of here with the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We uh, thoroughly enjoy you know, working out here and uh, moving on in the coaching search. Now we're on to a new era with the Atlanta Falcons. They bring back Raheem Morris to be the head coach and paired him with Terry Fontenot as they will move forward with a new hierarchy and a new tandem that will be charged with getting some more players in here and trying to turn this franchise around after six consecutive losing seasons. We're going to tell you to take care and you have a great rest of your week. We'll we'll check back in with you after Super Bowl 58. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, piña colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. 
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.